0: Hello and welcome to an episode of Beyond Friends, a podcast through her eyes. We're your hosts, Manti Peng, Sunny, and Bert. We're so delighted to have you join us today. And if it's your first time listening to us, we're happy to have you here. And if you listen to us before, welcome back.
1: Friends, can you believe it? We're already more than halfway through 2021. It has been one heck of a year for Beyond Friends, and as we continue to work on ourselves and expand. For today's episode, we're happy to announce our very first official guest. Woo-hoo! 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 We have Bert Lee. Bert Lee is an engaging communicator and an expert on branding your purpose through values. He coaches students on how to achieve educational and life fulfillment. He's also a workshop presenter of Speak and Groove, right? Perfect. Right. Um, teaching the art of effective communication, listening, and body language. While Bert does love speaking and uplifting students, he is also a dancer and a graphic designer. Welcome to Beyond Friends, Bird. How's how's your drive here, actually? Oh, uh,
2: you know, thank you, Beyond Friends, for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, but the drive was adventurous. I saw some stoplights. <laughs> I saw some trees, oh some gas Love stations. Uh, all that felt like an hour, but it was only five minute drive.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I wasn't too
2: far from here, so yeah, yeah it. Um, it's not as crazy of a drive how I thought it was on Google Maps. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Well, Bert, today we're excited, again, like Penny already said, to have you. And I know you, in your bio, you said like you're a communicator, engager, workshop presenter, you're an artist, and all that good stuff. And so today we want to dive into a little bit of that. But before we get started, or like before we talk a little bit about you, I want to learn more about like the work that you do and what you speak on. And I'm particularly interested in leveraging values and relationships because I know that's something that you, um, you know, your work is based on. And so, yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because especially like for me as like a home woman, you know, sometimes when we talk about like our values and relationships, how do those sometimes maybe conflict with our boundaries, or how do? How do not being aware with your values affect um, and engage conflict in different relationships and stuff? So
2: yeah, I'd love to. And you brought up a really um, interesting conversation too about like our traditional boundaries of being home with our own personal values and boundaries. But I'll keep it. Uh, I'll spark note real quick. Um, how I got to values is that um, you know any business so as as a graphic designer, we help brands mm-hmm. identify their purpose and their audiences. Um, and businesses are very successful because they have a business plan. You know, the very basic fundamental stuff to make them successful and structured, but then when it comes to us, what's our backbone? So what's our um, basic fundamentals? And I believe that is our values, uh, which brings us into you know, many different conversations of like if you want to get in a relationship, would well, we want a new job? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we talk about relationships, whether you're looking for a partner or you're inviting, you know, new friends or family, mm-hmm. um, you know, our basics of, of values for a relationship is, you know, if I value family, time, and communication, then mm-hmm. the people that I want within my life uh, should be respective uh, of those values of mine. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, will keep me grounded. So then, if I was to like cut people off, I don't have to be apologetic because mm-hmm. then I can just, you know, don't feel bad because you don't respect my family like how I respect family Mm -hmm. and then that's kind of how you nitpick certain people Um, and that's also how you can possibly meet the right person Mm -hmm. Uh, instead of you know looking for attributes and traits and characteristics you look at like what do you believe in or what what are your values and uh, and a person I believe that if a person is able to tell me like maybe one or two things what they value and what they believe in shows a lot of confidence. It shows that they have taken the time to actually think about themselves and what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a concrete answer, but at least it's grounded. Like you don't have to say, "Oh, I want like someone who has, you know, who is a billionaire or who owns three mm-hmm. businesses." As long as you say, "I want someone who respects family and who loves communicating," mm-hmm. I think that's way more grounded than uh, a granular answer. And the words that I just said falls back to our values, too. Like if I was to add value family and time, then, then I think those words are just words, but it has meaning if you give it meaning.
3: Yeah. You know? So how would you say, like, what are some of the tips and tricks that you would give people to kind of narrow down what their values are or, like, to pick it, pick what their top values are?
2: Yeah, I, I even struggled with finding my values. So mm-hmm. values are, like, there's so many of them. And like I said earlier, they're just words. Um, and everyone interprets them differently, but it's, mm-hmm. it's up to you to how you intend to find those words So what I will do for mine is I will make like a list of a whole bunch of values that I resonate with And then I will go back to that same list and I will circle the top five or seven uh, I'll keep it at five or seven uh, Because then you know the more condensed down the more you can concentrate on it and then once I find those five uh, values and mine's are on leadership creativity Family, time, and communication. So, then uh, once I find those, I want to make sure that whatever I'm doing in my life and the people that I meet, Mm -hmm. I'm at least hitting some of those values. Mm -hmm. So, that's what keeps me grounded and that's what um, makes me um, having more confident choices and decisions. And then, you know, the way I talk about myself and the way I uh, introduce people into my life as relationships. And, you know, when I'm uh, also talking to a partner or friends. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really powerful, too, because I feel like especially in this day and age, we're always uh, looking for belonging. We are always looking for that person or like just kind of within friendship, too, how we can build a really strong connection just that doesn't last like college years or high school years, Mm -hmm. but throughout a lifetime mm-hmm. and that's really good and being able to like you know put people at a distance if you feel like like maybe their values or their traits don't match with you mm-hmm. and like the, you're ready you'll know right mm-hmm. and that's really good mm-hmm.
3: yeah. can you kind of define what it means to leverage values
2: you can do that in multiple ways mm-hmm. but for me when i you know when i'm out dating or i'm just having, I'll just use dating as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of like cause we don't always talk about our values because when do you talk about them? When do you bring this conversation? It could be kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would how I would leverage it is you know in a conversation I would I'll just ask like briefly. Um, hey, you know I think. Um, family and time and communication is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really have to say these are my values. I just say, hey, these are important to me. Mm-hmm. And then I would just ask a partner, like, so uh, how do you resonate with them? How do you feel about them? So that's how I would leverage my values to kind of, like, nitpick that person already. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the values don't align with mine, it doesn't always have to, uh, then that's totally fine. But I have gone on a couple of days where uh, I did, you know, voice what I respected for myself, like family, time, communication. And sometimes when I ask them, they don't know what they want or their mm-hmm. values. Uh, so that kind of shows me, too, that they probably need a little bit more time to really ask those kind of questions on mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's up to me if do I want to have the time to help guide them there or do I want to, like, say, hey, we're going to be friends and then move on to, to mm-hmm. a different person. Yeah. So that's kind of how I gauge and leverage my values to help me. Because time is my value. So I I respect my time a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to waste other people's time as well.
3: Yeah. I think that's a very interesting point. Because I think, like, a a lot of it goes back down to, like, emotional intelligence and, Mm -hmm. like, emotional maturity, too. Because if you know what your values are, you kind of know why they're your values. Mm -hmm. And then you know how they lead you in your life and help you navigate your Mm -hmm. life. And so, like, for you, I can see why, if, if they're unsure about that, why it could come off as, like, maybe i don't know if you would use this word but like a red flag because it's almost like if if i'm here already and you're not here yet it's gonna like especially with your time and your life planning and stuff like it could conflict Mm -hmm. in the future and so yeah you bring up a really good point about how like um if people don't know what their values are then it it can bring up some conflict in relationships because it's like disaligned
2: and and um one thing i want to talk touch on that point too is that you know, when we hear values, we think like, oh, it's just words we put in the back of our pocket mm-hmm. and we don't mm-hmm. think about them. But if you really do think about them, you know, it does really uh, determine and change or it helps you determine why you act and do things a certain mm-hmm. way. Uh, especially when it comes to relationships and if you keep letting in uh, toxic uh, individuals into your life that you need to go back and reflect on yourself. OK, why does this keep happening? Mm-hmm. Is it because I value love? So I want to be I want to feel loved and I always have to be with somebody Or is it because if I value time and communication, then, like, maybe I need to work on my my communication so I can find better people in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then that's where it goes back to saying values, it's our fundamentals and our basics. Um, Because once we understand that, then it helps us understand why we do things a certain way, why we talk a certain way, and why we act a certain way.
0: I think something interesting is like, we're talking kind of about like romantic relationships right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know like, how do we, because you, you're also touching base on like boundaries, right? So yeah. like, how do we create mm-hmm. boundaries with like, between generations, you know, we're talking about like, how we're like, you know, the Hmong culture and stuff and like, the traditional and modern, like the, the, those different waves. like, how would you suggest someone who is um, kind of like our age, mm-hmm. who's you know, trying to understand himself for like young adulthood? If they want to set boundaries um, based on their values with their parents, if they're living at home, like how would that conversation go, or like how would, what just like what are tips you would give?
2: Yeah, you know, and that's a good question too, uh, and it's complicated because every family is, compl- uh, is different, and mm-hmm. especially when it comes to our Hmong uh, cultures and traditions to more the uh, modernized Western culture, uh, especially with us our age, it's complicated. Uh, But then what I can definitely say is that, you know, uh, go and get back to what you believe in first. So, for example, for me, I value family, and I also value, like, creativity, um, communication, and time. Um, So if I know that I value, you know, family and time, uh, you know, then I should give myself my own power to also respect my traditions. And then I also had to also learn how to adapt to the Western world. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then if you don't value family, then you could just be not, I don't care about the Hmong culture. I don't care about the Hmong traditions. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that will be your attitude and personality. Right. But because I value family, that I would do everything in my power to understand and respect my culture. Mm-hmm. At the same time, still doing what I'm already doing, like as a graphic designer, doing the the mid the Western culture already. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes back to how you intake that, mm-hmm. and that's why I say it's it complicated. Because you know that, those conversations can be hard. But at the end of the day it's also up to you to act on it so if you value family then what are you doing that is actually making that part of your values because mm-hmm. um, sometimes some people may value love but really they don't they just you know don't know how to value love in a different way
0: mm-hmm. Right. I, I also want to ask like, so what if I value independence and my my family values family and security but then my independence is, is seen as an act of um, selfishness selfishness or um, my independence triggers them to feel that I am abandoning them. Uh-huh. Like how do we um, Like you're not being a good daughter Yeah, or just like, you know, like uh, I feel like the the like I feel like a lot of I'm um, being very general, I feel like a lot of like older generations, they've been through a lot so what they value a lot is security mm-hmm. and when one of us is leaving the nest, it feels like I'm losing everything mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. my lo- my security is like is breaking apart mm-hmm. um, which can lead to a lot of like resentment mm-hmm. or like miscommunication because you not because if both parties value value family but one values independence more mm-hmm. um, I think like there's yeah. that misalignment right. you know mm-hmm. so I'm trying to like mm-hmm. figure out like how you know because cause we also like um, like just thinking about college students you know like the ones who are in the dorms and stuff like that like how are we like going to leverage our values and the relationships at home? You
2: mm-hmm. know, and like,
0: cause you know, when you're moving through college, to your, you're gaining a new set of values or a new mm-hmm. set of skill, mm-hmm. and you're starting to have your world open up. Mm-hmm. And then when you move back home, it seems kind of like, oh, all these like ten skills I gain, how do mm-hmm. I bring it back home? Mm-hmm. But also like, how do I not disrupt the eighteen years that I've been raised in this place, mm-hmm. you know, or in this community? So
2: no, that is. Um, really complex question too. meaning like it's good mm-hmm. um so before we get there do you also value family too or
0: yeah i okay, value okay, family. Okay.
2: Yeah. i i think what i would um if i put myself in that situation and for my family background too because my family especially my dad um and my parent, my mom they're very traditional uh, so they love family and i always put like respect on um, uncles and uh, first cousins first until you before your friends and i always have that disagreement with them um so for me um how i would encourage you know people to and you know, if you identify yourself that you do value independence and family um then i guess that's where it gets more complicated where you have to dive deeper okay what kind of family do you mean so for me when i value family i value family time with just my immediate family like my siblings my nieces and nephews but then when it comes to um, the outside folks like my cousins you know and stuff like that like I would go but I also uh, if I'm busy then I would choose my schedule first before them but I'll go help out uh, so that's kind of where I would draw the line mm-hmm. from my boundaries when I talk about family mm-hmm. but then when it comes to like my immediate family I love them and I'll always be there but when it comes to like helping out uh if i have availability then i will go but i wouldn't put them first yeah. uh, because i also value independence mm-hmm. uh, it's not in my list but it's part of my my setting list because uh, <laughs> i do like to be on my own uh you i don't really like to get involved with family affairs of like you know the dramas and stuff yeah, okay, but yeah. then when it hits like my immediate family that's where i would like i would need and i would want to step in mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, Sunny, I could really resonate with that scenario because that's actually what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I really do love my family, and my family is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, But then moving out, like, I really got here. Sorry, story time. (laughs) Um, Moving out was really hard because my parents were just, like, calling me a bad daughter, Mm -hmm. saying, like, why are you moving out? And I really value my independence, too. And I really need to grow and rediscover who I am beyond who my parents have brought me up to be. And so who is paying outside of her parents, Mm -hmm. outside of the household that brought her up? And outside of just like her roots so then I needed to read I need to discover that for myself mm-hmm. and so When I was actually moving out, I kind of went through a big hurdle with my pa- with my parents with my family mm-hmm. and Even like it just gotten better like after like a year or two later um, But then I think for me to answer that question sunny is also balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think being able to balance you know your values and like you just gave a great example um Bert about you know being able to choose your schedule if, if it fits better or if it doesn't and then go to help family being able to have a good understanding of your values and being able to balance everything out and also a little add-on is it's okay to say no uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I feel like especially being a uh, women, among individual we have such that, we grew up in such a culture that, no, why are you saying no? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's your family, you should always go.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, and uh Pien, I give you props, and I applaud you for making that big step of moving out from your family. Uh, and, you know, that goes back to, uh, you know, if you understand your value, you don't have to be apologetic, because if you know you value family, but you know that you value family uh, through a certain line, because mm-hmm. you have that boundary, so then whatever decision you make, you shouldn't feel bad even if your parents thought, oh, you're your bad daughter you know you don't come around anymore but you're like no i i love you guys but i love you guys to this certain point because i also bad with stuff that it makes you feel more confident in your decisions um mm-hmm. and i know those conversations mm-hmm. are hard but it also takes a brave person to be able to have those conversations and mm-hmm. own up to their values and really to their actions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: i think a big part of it too like when you're balancing things it's you you are also sacrificing some of the things with it so it's almost like sometimes people have to reflect on when there are um different values and play kind of like what are you gonna sacrifice what are you willing to sacrifice what's the other person gonna have to sacrifice and if there is a sacrifice are you gonna be okay with it too Mm -hmm. and how are you gonna move forward with that and being unapologetic about like what decision you're going to make because it's true when people have different values like you know it's not gonna be all rainbows and butterflies not mm-hmm. everyone's gonna be happy with um everything happening but then um just like navigating it and figuring out how to come to peace with those kind
0: of things is gonna be important too and when you're fighting that balance mm-hmm.
3: yeah mm-hmm.
0: something i'm also hearing um <clears throat> it sounds like but you have a really good sense of self Um, and it also sounds like you don't value the voices of others, where in a way, maybe paying like you value the voices of others more or like, um, they have more influence on you. And I feel like that, I feel like that's really relatable as like a Hmong daughter of like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I always have to listen to what everyone's going to say to make a decision where maybe it's different for a Hmong man where like you can hold and like the decision you make, um, people will take it more seriously or understand it more. Or right. have, like,
3: more flexibility. Right. And I feel okay. like
0: in some sort of way, like, when I make decisions, I have to prove it. Like, I have to have a mm-hmm. list of evidence of why this decision is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though I am great, <laughs> <laughs> I oh, yeah. yes. okay. there's and, always going to be yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, there's always but. that, like, are you sure? Or, yeah, or, or the but, you yeah. know? Um, mm-hmm. So do you feel like that's true in, a, in this? Set? Yes,
2: yeah. I feel like it's 100% true. Um, as a Hmong man, we definitely do have more leverage and influence over our uh, Hmong sisters and, and daughters. Um, uh, but then I do know that sometimes you know, the influence is for sure, you can see it hundred percent. And then depending on the situations, I sometimes, because I'm the youngest son, mm-hmm. uh, I my voice sometimes doesn't get listened to too. Mm-hmm. And um, even if I am still a son out of my uh, five sisters, Um, because they are older they sometimes listen to my older sisters more than me as well Um, so I guess Mm -hmm. it depends on your family dynamics Mm -hmm. Um, for me speaking to myself I do have my struggles I do have Mm -hmm. something to prove to my parents like I can pay this on my own I want to move out I can do this on my own and sometimes they don't listen because I am the youngest son and um, I don't have as much experience as my older siblings Mm -hmm. on the other hand my older brother they definitely listen to him a lot more Mm because he is older and he um, has had more experience so I do have those kind of uh, situations where it's kind of hard to, to prove myself to my parents. Mm-hmm. But I do definitely see that us men have more leverage as far as coming to values. Uh, but then it took me a very long time to just find my own voice mm-hmm. and my own confidence to really have these conversations with my parents. And um, I've only started to have these conversations with my family and my parents just like maybe, I guess, three three years ago or four years mm-hmm. ago, um, you know, right after I graduated college because I you know, was I wasn't always the most spoken brother with a sibling, but then I've learned that, you know, we're all humans. We have feelings, so, and you're you're my family. So I should be able to have these conversations with you. Um, And that does take a lot of courage and a lot of um, Mm -hmm. bravery from an individual, too. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would love to know, like, are there any tips on, like, you you, you kind of spoke about, like, you know, having this word bank of values, mm-hmm. um, but what else? Cause it seems like you went through a lot of self-reflection and, like, a lot of alone time mm-hmm. to build that courage up to have these hard conversations. So are you, do you have any tips for us or, like, our listeners of, like, how do we even start that journey of discovering our values mm-hmm. to, that can lead us to mm-hmm. being brave and having these hard conversations?
2: Yes. Uh, first, starts with my favorite virtual therapist, Google. To find like you type in list of values like there's so many of them but you just find a list of values and you find the words that you resonate with just that just that just words that you like resonate with and from there you can condense and down to okay what do you really feel about these words uh, and one thing that I've discovered from my self-discovery journey uh, I've been doing it for three years now and uh, I've learned that you know I've broken my my values into three pillars so the first pillar is my personal values which is just me what I believe in what drives me and then my second pillar is my relationship pillar which is about the people I'm inviting the relationship I want to get into and the third pillar it's my social values which is my hobbies my communities uh, the organization I want to get involved with Mm -hmm. and the reason I broke into three is because you know you know values hits differently personally with people Mm -hmm. and organizations and I feel like we're all humans and we do so many things in our lives that I think it's important to have those three pillars so that you can feel concentrated Mm -hmm. so for example um, you know, most of my, pillar, my values are similar on all three. Mm-hmm. So you have those three uh, pillars written down. I value my personal one. I value family, uh, communication, time, creativity. Um, and then I think another one is leadership. Mm-hmm. So then that's my personal values. And then transitioning that over to my relationship, it's still the same. Mm-hmm. So then when I go into a relationship, I can say, hey, I value this, this, and this. Um, so then that, so I'm letting the right people into my life. But then when it comes to my social values, which is my hobbies and organizations, um, that's where I get really involved. Like, okay, I want to get myself involved in an organization that respects creativity, uh, that gives me, that allows me to be leadership, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I, you know, am really involved with our community here, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the dancing community because I love dancing, uh, which is why I pursued a graphic design degree because I, I'm a I'm, I lot, I value creative, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm also Um, a leader in some organizing groups like street stops and mountaintops Mm -hmm. um, or even like home breakers for council because i value those things i want to make sure that my community services and the hobbies i do also reflect that so that's why it's important to have three so that you don't feel uh, so you can spread your values out and you know what you're doing and -hmm. you know that whatever you are doing it's you're feeling good about it and you don't have to like be like oh am i wasting my time doing that
1: Mm So do you, like, have this written down somewhere? Like, I don't know, next year mirror or something that every day you wake up, like, you're like, oh, yes, my three pillars. Like, do you ha- do you do that?
2: I, I definitely do. I, I self-reflect, uh, I think, once every, like, two months. I used to, during college, um, in my self-discovery, I used to do, mm-hmm. it, like, uh, once, like, every two, three weeks just because I had no idea what I was doing in life. But yeah. then as the more I got better at it, I don't do it as often, but I do still keep up myself. And my values, like, they change mm-hmm. my values back then is different from now mm-hmm. um, and the only difference the reason why I I know it is because uh, there's a distance between you you doing it and the you practicing it yes. uh, for me I practice it every day I practice mm-hmm. it um, you know every, every a couple months to make sure it's still there um, because I believe that this works um, I also teach it to um, students you know to help them find the education fulfillment and life fulfillment because I myself had noted what I wanted to do in college, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was done, then I started to give a better grasp. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely practice it, uh, and I change it when, you know, I feel like it's not resonating with me anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you just brought up students, and going back to the bio that mm-hmm. um, I introduced you at, you also mentioned that you also do workshop. You do a lot of uh, connection with students. Mm-hmm. But then as you're kind of telling us the things you do outside of work, creativity, dancing, I don't hear a student anywhere. Like, where are your connections with students? Do you volunteer at a school or are you a tutor? So where does this uh, student mentorship interaction come from?
2: Yeah, um, that's a good point, too. Um, so we dive into relationship, and then what I uh, – do on my day-to-day for uh, my speaking business is I I work with uh, college students and uprising um, high school students um, because values um, so I help students find educational fulfillment and then you know in what grounds that is their their uh, values because you know if you value that you value independence or you value success and leadership then maybe you want to get into a major that can feeds you those three and then those conversations can go deeper into conversation okay how is your life at home or how is your life uh, at uh, you know what relationships are you building so then what I do is I work with college students to kind of determine their, their purpose for example um, if your purpose is to graduate then that's all you need so then what's what's your value driving you What what what's driving that purpose it's because you value family you value success mm-hmm. so then your purpose is to graduate on time so then you can be so your family can be proud, so then you can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all drives back to your values, and I think students are is the best um, time for us because we are also learning a lot mm-hmm. and to also engage those those audiences there.
3: Yeah, it's a very pivotal like life
2: mm-hmm.
3: part our time to be like college students because like we've all already said it's like you learn a lot about yourself yeah. during that time. But I do appreciate like what you shared earlier about like having the different pillars for your values, because I think that's, like, something I never really thought to do yet with my own values, is, like, compartmentalize them, and Mm -hmm. kind of think about how each one of them transfer over, and, like, um, affect one another, but overall, like, I do hear a lot of what you're saying is, like, also just being able to take ownership of your values, and, like, claim that these are my values, Mm -hmm. and don't be, like, afraid to claim that these are your values Mm -hmm. in order to Confidently lead yourself into what you're doing too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I definitely hear a lot of like conversations with yourself first, sitting with yourself, and like um, being comfortable in your own skin, so that you can um, project that to others. Mm-hmm. Or like when, when you're um, when you're finally taking that step to like um, to like really live your values out throughout your whole life, mm-hmm. um, you can be confident in it. So I think that's really interesting. I'm also really interested um, in like how. Like, if you've worked with elders before mm-hmm. when talking about values, you know, um, or also, like, just, because, uh, you know, like, you're talking about students kind of in, like, the, uh, when we're thinking about, like, a student or a college student, we're thinking, like, young kids, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, everyone's always learning, too, mm-hmm. so, like, th- I, I just wonder, like, how it would, the framework would look like for someone older who, mm-hmm. like, who's kind of lived their life but mm-hmm. never really sat down mm-hmm. and, like, thought about their values, you know?
2: I haven't had too many conversations with, with elders um, because I do see that it is a little bit more um, complicated and harder mm-hmm. because they have that uh, ideology that they're older so they know more. So sometimes mm-hmm. they don't really listen to, to the younger folks. And for me, I have had conversations with like my brothers or friends who are older than me. And sometimes when I do ask, they sometimes feel attacked or yes. they feel like, oh, I do know what I want. All I need is just money and car and live a happy life. Mm-hmm. And because they are a little bit more stubborn, so they kind of have those conclusions. I haven't had met an individual who is, you know, openly mostly men. I, I have I had like my sisters and nieces. T- t- some of them are like two, three years older than me, and they do they are able to have those conversations more, mm-hmm. uh, because they you know are more expressive. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to my friends or my uncles, they're kind of more. Um, Masculine, so they tend to hold their feelings back. So they mm-hmm. say, "Oh, I already know what I want. What I want this, this, this." Mm-hmm. Um. So I haven't cracked those those codes yet, but I have learned how to word my conversations nicely to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. For example, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, I'm curious. You know, like, what are some things that you want in life?" And if they ask, well, "I want this, this," and then I'll ask, "What makes you feel like you want that?" Mm-hmm. And now, so I'll dig deeper yeah. until like I feel like they because sometimes I do going to dig deeper they're like huh you're right um, I had one of my friends he he, mm-hmm. he hasn't thought that deep so then it is surprising when I get there but it's, it's it, I haven't cracked the code to like mm-hmm. have those conversations yet
3: right. so what what are like a few of the really important questions you feel people need to ask themselves or others to find their values
2: I think you should ask yourself first you, you should start with with what and how instead of the why because I feel like why you're kind of like um blaming yourself or you're kind of like mm-hmm. instigating yourself but you ask what like for example uh if i know that i value family then i would say what about family that do i value or mm-hmm. what part of family do i see is most valuable mm-hmm. um and then i think when you're asking yourself you have to ask yourself okay um what makes me feel like i need to be on a self-discovery journey, or mm-hmm. how is it that finding my value is going to help me get better? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. asking those what and how would give will help you dive deeper into your own questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, sometimes it's harder to ask those questions, mm-hmm. but I think it's helpful too. Yeah. Okay,
0: so Bert. Um. I'm really am interested in like your journey mm-hmm. you know and I think sometimes when we think about journey we think like once people say like ask me like what's your history or what's mm-hmm, your journey mm-hmm. I always start with my parents but some, mm-hmm. but I'm realizing that like is that really my journey because okay. I wasn't even born yet you know <laughs> so I think I would love to know about your journey of like how did you become bird?
2: yeah I um, so I have five sisters and two brothers and I am the eighth child um, so I'm the second youngest, second youngest, but I'm the youngest son. And I think because I am the second youngest and I have five sisters, uh, I am, I do want to say I am a little bit more expressive than my two older brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a little more on the masculine side. Uh, uh, you know, don't really talk about their feelings. Uh, for me. Because I was the baby of the two brothers, my sisters took care of me a lot. So I think because I grew up with them, I I learned how to be expressive and be more emotional than my two other brothers. So that's kind of where my journey became uh, of me on a self-discovery journey. I was able to kind of, you know, talk to myself more, uh, learn how to be more expressive, and understand that, hey, you know, it's okay to cry, it's okay to ask questions, and, and not know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of like my pivotal point of my sophomore year in college. I you know, didn't know what I wanted to major in, in college. I was so confused and lost. I already mm-hmm. made friends. Mm-hmm. I was really involved. But then, you know, money was the issue. Like, cause I went to Concordia, and we couldn't really pay for the tuition. Mm-hmm. And my older brother, being the older brother, he was very logistical. He's like, hey, the numbers don't look right. Just go to a two-year mm-hmm. and save us more money. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have your degree, then find something similar. And that was it. That was the conversation. And I felt glad of him in power. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, oh, he's the older brother. He did go to college. He knew. So I just followed him all his step. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was so close to transitioning to Metro mm-hmm. um, within that first week. And everything was happening so fast that I, the, the final day mm-hmm. I was supposed to go and sign paper to transition over, I I freaked out. And I went to talk to my Sis, one of my sister Chong and I cried I was like mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do this mm-hmm. I don't know if I even want to switch over and she was the one who was able, was able to help me release like all of my emotions she asked like why mm-hmm. don't I want to go and I was like because I made friends I love the school already mm-hmm. I'm already involved and I love her program mm-hmm. and then she asked me okay, what's what's the problem and I'm like, oh it's, it's because of money and then my brother is telling me that it makes more sense and then Chong goes You know, you can find ways to pay for tuition. I think you should stay and let me talk to your brother. And then she helped me talk to my brother. And it was a hard conversation, but it was also uh, a very brave conversation for me and my sister. Because that was Mm -hmm. when I learned that, hey, man, I have to speak for myself to be be Mm -hmm. more expressive.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That sounds like such a turning point for you and your journey. And thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh.
3: Like a part of you to finally learn to, like, advocate for yourself. Yeah. And voice mm-hmm. what your needs and your wants are. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, especially when it comes down to, like, money issues, mm-hmm. it's so hard because, you know, so many of our decisions are based on finances. And when the finances aren't pulling through, you have to, like, look at other options. And that be- can be so stressful. Mm-hmm. And it can be mm-hmm. conflicting with um your, like, what you want, what you actually want, you know?
2: Yeah, and that was also yeah. the... F- first time where i reached out for help and asked my sister and cried before that i used to look up to my brothers. So i was never very emotional so i think that was also the turning point where my dialogues and communication style with my family changed where i was more open and that's kind of when because um, my men my chong she she mentored me a lot on like she was the first person to teach me how to write things down like write down everything you feel and just leave it and then um also write down everything what you're doing now and what you want to achieve. That was my first time ever doing that, and I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. Like who does it? Like I'm never gonna do this again. Uh, Later I know I have done ever since. I still do it. And oh. when I and when I look back, I'm like, man, I was a sad emo kid. Yeah. So like I have papers all the way back to my sophomore year, and I was yeah. like, man, I hella grew a lot so I think if it wasn't for that turning point I would not have recorded my emotions and stuff
3: no I love that that's so funny the three of us we always joke about how like damn i looked back at my old journal and shit i was so sad but mm-hmm. damn, i
0: grew mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. i was like reading like because i keep i think i've kept things since like fourth grade oh wow so i have like those you know journals yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and sometimes i read them i'm like girl who are you that much like you were yeah. 10. <laughs> like, <come> <laughs> <on>. <laughs> so, yeah I was interested. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. how old are you
2: I am 26
3: 26 and then how old is your sister Chong?
2: Uh, she is I think 34 35 mm-hmm. yeah
3: do you feel like you kind of connect with her the most or like that she's kind of been one of like your biggest mentors in life so far?
2: yes I I have two sisters, so, my, so Chong was for sure the first sister I, I was very open with and she helped me become who I am today mm-hmm. uh, uh, but then she you know Cause she is the one who lives in Oklahoma we kind of like kind of because of the distance but then my other sister Dow, she is 29 um, and then she is actually the person I go to a lot now because mm-hmm. I feel like me and her uh, have better communication styles and we understand we're very similar in a way mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting that like all my sisters are so different that I never knew that I can have these kind of con- connections with yeah. um, so.
0: Mm-hmm. And during our break, you were kind of talking about how you didn't really live with your older siblings, right? Or mm-hmm. not, like not all of them. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Like, yeah, you
2: know, like, um, so me and my youngest sister, we were born in America, in Minnesota, and the rest of my siblings, they were born in Laos, <coughs> in, the, in Thailand. And then, so when we moved here, I grew up with uh, my youngest sister, my older brother, and just... Um, two of my oldest sister, which is Chong and Dao, which is why mm-hmm. I was able to have those conversations with them. Mm-hmm. But my two, my oldest brother, he's the oldest, and then after that's my it's my sister Molly, mm-hmm. and then Bai. They were married. They were married off already. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the dynamics. I didn't. I don't really have a connection with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, funny story. Growing up, I used to think that they were just my cousins mm-hmm. um, because I was like, because I didn't live with them. Mm-hmm. And then until I got older, I think I was, I was like five or something. I'm like, oh yeah, that's my brother because yeah. cause he, cause he, cause you know when the Hmong man gets married he sleeps over at your house yeah. so I was like why is our cousin sleeping at our house <laughs> yeah and then I found out oh, all that it's my brother and then when I go over to my sister's house I was like oh uh, why am I I was babysitting my cousin's kids so and then I got warm like, that's my sister who
3: told you or like who brought the to you I
2: don't know I don't know I think, I think <laughs> you just yeah, caught on yeah I, so I just funny, caught on I guess I just caught on
0: you probably had like a
2: Shit. yeah that's my brother yeah <laughs> it was uh i had my blonde moments growing <laughs> as a kid yeah but now i know now mm-hmm. i know
0: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> is your brother the one that's older than you the one whose birthday is today is he the one right
0: before you yes oh okay yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. he's the one you're living with yeah right? mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. and you're kind of talking about how currently like everyone in your life like your your family like your siblings like they are all married off mm-hmm. and you live with like your house is basically like the single house. Yes, because no one's married <laughs> off. Right, right. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. And we're kind of like we're kind of like roommates in college because you know we are all older. We don't have any kids, so we do our own things. We have mm-hmm. our own little sections. Uh, everyone's working, so which is good. So there's not. Uh, so it's it's been pretty peaceful mm-hmm. so far.
3: I'm a little curious about like your dynamic with your parents, especially because mm-hmm. right now they don't live with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of, what was their decision to move out? with you guys because before you moved to your current house yeah. they still live with you right? yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so how how has that been what kind of led to their decision and how has that like maybe affected your relationship with them yeah
2: um i think the, the the real struggle was money and opportunity wise so my parents went to oklahoma with my sisters and her husband for opportunity wise mm-hmm. to to make money yeah mm-hmm. uh and then for me and my brother we we're also given the opportunity too but because we are a little bit more um, like we we value we don't value money as much but we value like success mm-hmm. and career wise so we mm-hmm. stayed back because mm-hmm. we wanted to pursue the career wise in, mm-hmm. in, in those kind of pursuits um, as far as relationship goes I think our me my parents relationship has gotten way better mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. again before I was you know I was stubborn I didn't how to express my feelings mm-hmm. because I looked at my brother's um, so I, I was I hated my mom and dad what they believed in mm-hmm. um, but then now after college and you know that my self-discovery journey of knowing my values and me uh, communicating and helping other people I brought that I was like you know why am I helping other people but I can't even help my family mm-hmm. so me bring that back uh, that was I think two or three years ago where I started to bring it back to my family yeah. so I think now me my conversations with my mom and dad are I remember our first time having a conversation about like Friends versus, like, uncles and cousins. Mm-hmm, With my mm-hmm. dad. We were eating at the dinner table. It was me my mom my dad we were eating. And I just brought the topic up. And my and my dad got into a heated fight. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, like, because my best friend, Locke, he's Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have some type of way of Vietnamese people because yeah. of, of the past history. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I told them that, hey, I knew Locke since, like, college, like, four years. But that other uncle that you want me to go help, like, I don't even know who he is. And mm-hmm. you expect me to sacrifice friends with him my dad goes yes and i was like nope and i was trying to explain myself but that time i didn't really know how to communicate it well but then now that we do i you know i will rephrase my wordings especially my mom and dad
1: yeah can you give us an example
2: when we talk about um i have talked about um like jokingly saying, hey, what if I don't marry a Hmong girl? Or mm-hmm. like, hey, what if I want to move out on my own? So I would just, I always do it at the dinner table and I would ask, um, <laughs> mom and dad, curious, how would you guys feel if, you know, your uh, daughter-in-law isn't Hmong? And I want to, I ask that first and i get the response. Uh, for me, I actually reverse my conversation now. I do all the, I ask questions. I don't really talk. So if they say, oh no, we don't want you marry another Hmong girl because of this and I'm like, well why do you feel like I shouldn't or why do you feel like that's important yeah. and yeah. I will just ask why's and how's and what yeah. until I feel like I need to step in but otherwise they would just kind of sometimes answer their own questions on themselves mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of how I now reverse my conversation and it's been working a lot better than me just saying I want to marry this person or well, I don't want to do this because this, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, do you feel like because I I definitely relate to you when you talked about how like you know you clash with your parents because they don't agree eye to eye with you on certain things and so do you feel like by understanding your personal values it kind of like you you kind of have more grace when you talk to your parents and like or do you feel like it makes it harder for you because since you do clearly understand your values you know that like there's just some things that you're not going to be able to get through them, to them like how, how do you kind of like navigate that
2: oh yeah for sure all the time i think before that that's why i used to hate what my mom and dad believe in like, yeah i used to yeah. hate our cultures and the way they expect me to do things but once i became at peace with like you know that's my parents mm-hmm. um and I, it's my job to understand them too um mm-hmm. so then I, once i understood my values like i value family um communication and time then I want to make sure I'm communicating with my parents mm-hmm. and, and family wise. So, and then I draw a line between family. So, I know that, like you were saying, I'm never going to meet my parents' expectations, but because mm-hmm. I know these are my values, I'm not apologetic. Right. That's why yeah. I'm not afraid to just ask questions. Mm-hmm. It's not like I don't care what you think because I know what I think, but I just want to hear what you think. Yeah. And maybe that might have influenced, but I'm already grounded here, so yeah. I'm good. So, yeah. I won't be easily influenced as yeah. much. Mm-hmm.
1: So we talked a lot about um, friendship and a lot of family relationship. Um, I think uh, maybe our listeners might be curious too. So, Bert, are you in a relationship? Are you? Do you have a partner, a significant other?
2: Yes, I am in a relationship. Um, I uh, do have a significant other. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you break up values in a relationship? Like, how do you feel like that's Hoping
3: their relationship mm-hmm. like and growing it. and like how early on do you talk mm-hmm. about like those mm-hmm. kind of things and how deep?
2: Yeah, too? yeah. I think it takes a lot of uh, practice for sure, um, and and uh, practice as in like a lot of dates for for you mm-hmm. to uh, be able to have those conversations. Because I know my first few dates, I failed. It was embarrassing. Um, I was too <laughs> straightforward. I'm like, hey, these these are my values. Oh. <laughs> it, can, it, can, it can get scary, you know. It them all yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, you, they might not seem like it, but for sure, you, like I got better at reading. Body language, social cues and the uh-huh. way you you bring it up. Yeah. Um, but every time I've gone to one I've learned how to get better. So I think it's um I've learned that it's okay to bring it up in your first date, but it depends on how you bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think wording and phrasing everything. Uh I remember uh <clears throat> my current girlfriend right now, how we how I brought it up to her was, Hey, you know, I I you know I like you guys I'm like I like you I like us hanging out but I also want to put forth that these are the things that I respect in my life not value and I just want to see you resonate with that. and I just, kind of just want to see where you're at okay. I think by rephrasing like that it also gives her it also lets her know that I'm serious I know what I want and if you don't then it's going to be like a challenge like a, yeah a, a back and forth way mm-hmm. um so that's kind of how like I learned how to word certain things um, but it took a long time for me to be able to kind of have those conversations, too. Mm-hmm. A lot
3: of work. It's yeah, practice. a lot of work. Practi- mm-hmm. Practice. Yes, yeah.
2: practice. practice makes
0: perfect. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, I don't know if you argue with your partner or, like, previous relationships and, and when you have problems with them, but do you feel like a lot of problems do stem from having conflicting values?
2: I believe so. You think so? I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that my for my previous relationship, um, I... Did, I didn't really know my values then, but I now that now that I know my values, I think back, I can see why we argued. Cause I, you know, I I value family in time, and then my previous relationship, you know, my uh, significant other then she wasn't really around my family in time, and I will was feel like weird. I mean, I'm confused of like how come you don't give time to me, but I give time to you, mm-hmm. um, and then. And then we, you know, we'll have arguments on those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. But then now thinking back with mm-hmm. the reason why we have that is because I realized that, you know, I value family. Like, I would want you to be part of my family. Yeah. Like, to, to like, to to know who they are, mm-hmm. to respect them in mm-hmm. uh, time as in, like, I want us to spend time together to hang out yeah. too, but we didn't do that as often. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can see we argued there, but I didn't realize it then.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you ladies? How do you bring up conversations of that? if you have those conversations with uh, date or just friends and family.
1: I would not like to go first.
0: <laughs> I think for me, it happens like you know,
3: a lot of it is brought up during like the talking phase. It's t- and like um, even for friendships, because in the past, like some of the guys who I've talked to, like we've been friends first, and so we kind of already have like a mutual ground there and um, and stuff. But I feel like something. I can work on in future relationships is also just having a conversation like that because I feel like I don't know if I've ever really sat down and had a conversation about, like, what are some of the things that you... Like, a deep conversation like that. If anything, it's been, like, about a certain topic and then we, like, go on and then, like, later we have a deep conversation about a different topic and stuff like that, yeah. So it hasn't necessarily been brought up, like, in an all-in-one mm-hmm. type of conversation
0: before mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah for me i feel like um we're, we're talking about like romantic relationships talking about values I actually never ask them about their values. I tend to ask them about their intentions, mm-hmm. like what do you really want, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. I feel like that helps me get on the same page. But maybe that might be a little too like scaring them off too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I just... don't know, maybe just coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Maybe you could test it out, like maybe yeah.
2: 80 test which one works better. Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: but I think with friends, I I do think it's like those um, random late nights. Yeah, that mm-hmm. like you know yeah. you're hanging out and then you're. And then, like some part of, like for me, like, some kind of part me like clicks, like, oh dang, like I know you for three years, but I don't know you. <laughs> and then, like you start having those conversations, yeah. and I joke with my insean but like, yeah, we just start being friends. Oh, yes, but then does. like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's the thing. Like I feel like I de- like we all define friendship differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, for me, like I feel like I become friends with people when I like I know their values or mm-hmm. I like, start to know like um, their goals and like. Who they really are And who they really want to be mm-hmm. I feel like that Like I think one thing is Like I really like intentions So like if I know that you are And you have in, Like You're very intentional With like the thing Like the way you're living And uh, you live by What you say Then like That makes me really interested in like Wanting to continue A relationship So mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like That it, sounds like One of your values Yeah And mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like It came to that point When like mm-hmm. There was a night When we are just hanging out And like I got to know them more And I was like Oh like I think this is the moment I'm your friend. <laughs> 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 like, everything it? else before that yeah. was like, yeah. Just, like we're just, uh, yeah, was just. Yeah, we were yeah. just I don't know, yeah. Just walking through the college together. It's <laughs> funny because I like. Even before that, like, I kept sleeping over. I, yeah. went, I went out with y'all, but I was like, mm, I don't know these people. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I think to that point, though, like, the reason why I feel like I've never had like a. Talk about just values in a conversation. I feel like it comes up in different ways. Like, yeah. for example, if we talk about like social justice stuff, that's kind of when like, or like I kind of listen to them and be like, oh, so these are your thoughts and these are my thoughts. They align there, or like, oh, we have different thoughts on that and stuff like that too. So I feel like it comes up in different ways when we talk about like social justice, mm-hmm. family, career, mm-hmm. stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all eyes just going on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, that's a really great question. Um, I, I feel like I do more, I do focus more on values and my professional and my career realm. But then I actually don't focus a lot about it in my personal self mm-hmm. and my personal, um, personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe it's just because I haven't had a, an opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe guys just, I haven't just gone on a date that mm-hmm. just seems like a really good time to ask about values. Even though I do want to ask, sometimes, maybe it's just the guys that I went on a date <laughs> with, but they just don't be like answering questions or just, like, it's just been feeling like I've been carrying the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the values don't really come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, uh, the things I do at work, uh, I really do tie it back to my uh, our the business core values. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like collaborating, relationships, and integrity, and um, responsibilities. Uh-huh. Like I, I, everything that I do, I work. I always tie it back to those values. Mm-hmm. I always reflect with my conversation with clients. I reflect mm-hmm. back on those values. But then I know my own values, or actually, I kind of do. Um, but then I think I'm still trying to navigate on the. Uh, find the best language mm-hmm. and being able to you know f- incorporate that into like maybe a romantic partner mm-hmm. or a romantic setting mm-hmm. conversation and kind of seeing how that goes mm-hmm.
2: too. No I think that's interesting um, and I'm glad you brought that up too because I think that's why I, I feel like it's important to have the, the three pillars so, so you, you seem like you're more um, confident and verbal in your social pillar which is your what you value career wise but then why not also do the same thing with your relationship and then yourself so that way you uh have the to have those normal conversations because it is weird to just bring it up but then what i've learned is that um anytime you have a conversation or ask someone a question especially when it comes to values i think it's important to ask for permission first mm-hmm. so the, the the phrases that i've learned that work the best for me is when i say hey do you mind if we talk about this or hey, is it okay if we talk about this? Because then they can always say yes or no. Um, because then if they say yes, and that means they have given you permission to have those kind of conversations. Um, and it also takes the the right kind of partner to also uh, have those conversations too. So I think I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the phrases that I've been working on, and I encourage if anyone listening to to try those those phrases out too. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you, Bert. Yeah. yeah, I'll try that for sure. Yeah.
3: I do think it's interesting, though, because for sure, with, like, every relationship I've had, I've come out learning more about, like, feeling either stronger about certain values I thought I had or, like, um, learning new values, Mm -hmm. too, yeah. Because one of my relationships I had, I had dated a non Mm guy, and that created a lot of drama and conflict between um especially me and my mom because Mm -hmm. she had other ideas and like other thoughts and you know she she didn't agree with me on that she wanted me to date and marry a home guy and so like coming out of that I I learned so much more about like okay these are my mom's values and I don't agree with them but at least I know now that like I I do value that autonomy and that like that free will to be able to talk to anyone who I want to and like I'm gonna continue doing that even if some people don't agree with it mm-hmm. but it's gonna be hard but at the same time like at least I feel like I've gone through it before and I know that it's something I you know don't mind about as much as I'm like my mom and so if I go through with another relationship with a non guy, it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's gonna be fine so yeah you learn a lot like in and out of relationships too so mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about your values and relationships um both personally socially and families um but can, can i tie it back a little bit now back to you yeah yeah, yeah. back to you so uh, so bert what are some of your dreams your goals and ambition
2: i wanted to become a blue ranger as a kid but i, got <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying yeah, that yes. one of your videos well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was very uh imaginative but my Biggest goal in business right now is to turn my, you know, make my speaking business successful and create enough revenue. Um, I, I, I don't know the right number on top of my head, but enough where I can leave my already career as a graphic designer to be a full-time speaker, coach, um, Mm -hmm. and mentor. Um, Even though I love design, but I feel like I found my purpose on on that other side of the industry. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, it's to continue dancing, um, like, you know, enjoying and not as like a profession, but as a way to express myself, Mm -hmm. Uh, and also continue being a designer that creates impactful work for maybe nonprofits or a community. Um, not for like, not for like maybe a company, but now for my own terms, mm-hmm. uh, and focusing more on speaking and helping students.
3: Yeah, you're an artist and like a dancer. You have a lot of creative um, outlets and stuff. Did that ever conflict with what like your elders, like your parents or older siblings wanted for you, and and like what career path you chose and stuff?
2: Oh yes, especially my parents, because um, they, you know, they were the basic like you wanna. Go be a doctor or what? You know, go go yeah. chase big money maker dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I told my parents that I was gonna be a graffiti artist, they're like, "What? No, 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 no." They were very against it. But then uh, me being stubborn at that time, I was like, "You know, what? I'm gonna stick to it." And I'm glad I did. Um, and I, a lot of my siblings, they went in college, but they didn't. They didn't finish college. Um, so then I feel like I'm living the dream that I want that I created, mm-hmm. and a lot of them didn't. Because, you know, they got married early on, and also they have kids, they have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So I do see that they are having a good life, but they're not living their best potential because they didn't get that chance to. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to show my niece and nephews that, hey, you can be different. You can be your own boss because your uncle, he is going to become his own boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can go help community. You can be creative. like You can do whatever you want. And I'm... Trying to show that to my younger nieces and nephews too, and I hope they're seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also, I definitely do see my siblings seeing it in me as well. That I'm, I'm more, um, I'm not as rest- constricted as, as they are. Yeah.
0: I want to ask a, a, a different question. I mean, going mm-hmm. back to like, uh, well, first question is, what do you dance? You look like a break dancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <I don't> kind <know. laughs> of genre? You yeah. look yeah, yeah, like a b boy in like school cafeteria and everyone. Yeah. But you can also be circle. a ballet or yeah. tap uh-huh. or jazz uh-huh. and so yeah. Yeah, like, I we have a dancer here. Mm-hmm. So King does Hmong mm-hmm.
2: dance. You are like a twerker. <laughs> 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 I, I I have different different types of when to dance. Like it's a club dance. It's also uh, you know a. <laughs> okay. But, okay. No, uh, I did start as a, as a b boy. Uh, as a break dancer, uh, but then I broke my own arms so I can't really break dance oh, yeah? anymore did you have a
0: b-boy name yeah,
2: yeah yes I did oh, My so funny is it? it was b-boy breeze <laughs> hey,
0: like, hey, yeah, hey I like
1: it yeah I forgot how
2: I got that yeah. name but that was my name breezing um, through the dance floor yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I also made fun because you know that the, the wind would come and you know feel mm. breezy that's what, <laughs> what I mean <gonna> <laughs> so yeah I was a b-boy from my high school year until I broke my arm and then I transitioned into more hip-hop mm-hmm. with choreography mm-hmm. and then uh, as I continue that Choreography, dancing, um, a se- season with myself, and then I went to more popping, which is more like waving robotics, old school. So I do that a lot more now. But then I did in college. I did do a lot of temper contemporary, like ballet, tango, mm-hmm. and, and jazz, because mm-hmm. I was also part of a uh, our dance um, class, and we do a show every year. So like I was- high school. No college.
3: Oh, I was like, I don't remember. That. No, no, yeah,
2: Sunnyside Castle. Uh, I did their dance shows for four years in college. I've learned like tap, jazz, oh, cool. and contemporary. that was really fun. But wow. I love to do do popping,
0: more. That's
2: the Yeah, this what. Yeah, it's the yeah, one it, where you like flex <laughs> okay. like your muscles and stuff. Yes, is doing the wave <laughs> and having so
0: her hands up. I, I'm so curious. What is club dancing? Because when I stand out, all I see is guys standing. <laughs> and, suddenly, That's so true. and then suddenly, like and then like, suddenly they they appear <laughs> behind you. <laughs> Yeah, 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 You're yeah. like, uh, where
2: are my friends? <laughs> Guys are sneaky ninjas in clubs. So you never know what they're going to do. Um, uh, uh, But yeah. I I feel like as a dancer, you, maybe I would just be for myself, but for me as a dancer, I know the different types of, of dancing where it's appropriate. Like when it comes to dance battles and professionals, like I go ham on popping. But oh. then when it comes to like just family hangouts or, you know, clubbing, then that's where I do more of the hip-hop, like, uh dance trends or just grooving where it's not as much as showing off so that's why my friends would be like Birdie you should go dance and dance I'm like nah this isn't like the right time to show professional stuff because people would be like dude we trying to dance better we're like what are you doing um, like, So I'm they not would, getting paid for this yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's kind of like I don't know how to explain it but those are the the moves are for sure different that
0: makes sense different yeah Yeah. Have yeah. you thought of merging to Hmong dance?
2: Uh, I did do Hmong dance when I was uh just one collaboration time um when I was part of, like, this dance crew called Bio Freaks, we did, like, a Hmong dance nice. with... That sounds so familiar. Yeah, Bio Freaks. we... Uh, I was with it for four years, and then we did a Hmong collaboration dance with Day, which is in Indie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was one time, and I sucked at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I, I was too stiff. So. <laughs> I was gonna ask, are you a TikTok dancer? Oh. No, I'm not. What? Have you, have you ever
0: made your TikTok Or have you danced? ever thought about it?
3: You
2: know, I learned... I forget their name, but I learned two TikTok dances, and I recorded myself, I'm like, I look dumb, so I'm just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I never posted what? it up. You should at least
1: have it for memory. Like, yeah, yeah, I should it. have
0: it, yeah.
2: But I do dance and post videos, but not any of the TikTok trends. So. Yeah.
3: Okay. Thank you for being with us today and joining us on this episode of Beyond Friends. Tell us, where can we find you? What are your apps?
2: Your, yeah, you can your find labels. me on Facebook. Uh, uh, my page is uh, Bert Lee Speaks. And then you can find me on Instagram. It's Lee.Bert. And then my YouTube channel where I post all my videos too. It's uh, Bert Lee Speaks on YouTube. Um, Yeah, you know, I, I hope you all had a good time and enjoy our conversations. Yeah, thank
0: you so much thank for so being much. with us today. Yeah, this was so fun. I'm yeah. going to go mm-hmm. on Google now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Google there. Yes. Thank you, Bert.
2: Yes. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions or want to tell us your story, you can always show us an email at teambeyondfriends@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please share with your friends and give us a rating. You can also follow us on our Instagram and Facebook at Team Beyond Friends. Until next time.